Doctor, you're naked. Welcome to the Hooving Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. That makes me Colin. And I'm Jace. Tonight we're going into Journey's End, the final episode of Series 4. The end of the journey. Oof. Well, yeah. The, it's quite a journey. Jeez Louise. Epic, huh? All right, Jace, start us off because uh, you haven't seen this one before. Tell us what your reactions, initial reactions Yeah, tell us are. what it's like through your virgin eyes uh, seeing this episode. That was a big setup for me, Jesus Christ. Um, I thought it was an immense roller coaster of emotions. You start out just like chilling, and then it's just like an up, a down, an up, and down. Like something so tragic, and then something so great, and something so tragic. It was just like my heart felt like it was beat with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's consistent that's high a- energy for sure. Yeah. It's just about going on all the time. I think it's, like, very tense in the beginning. We come in, like, off of a big cliffhanger. Well, we start off with reintroducing Mickey and Jackie. So we are getting even more characters from the Doctor Who universe to jump into our... <laughs> to save Sarah Jane Smith, of course. Right, and we even get an appearance from K-9, the man himself, later on in this episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. When K-9 made that last appearance, I was like, okay, they knew what they were doing with this episode. Because we all know K-9 has a soft spot in all of our, all of our hearts. Yep. Yeah. Of course. Of Good course. Boy. But um, yeah, we had uh, we had Davros, and he. I think one of the main points of this episode is that he points out the Doctor actually creates warriors around him, no matter what. Yeah, and that was uh, well, frankly, you know, well, well point a point well made. <laughs> it's a very well point, and I I love how they did a montage of all the the characters that had passed on because they sacrificed themselves in the name of the Doctor or for the Doctor or because they were trying to help him. Yeah, although I thought that the people from Linda were a little bit of a stretch there. But they died because they were so into the Doctor. Yeah, but, like, how did he even know about them? (laughs) Well, he knew about them because he knew... Of- well, I'm sure he didn't know every one of those. This was the doctor having those fast, those flashbacks, not Davros. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So he's probably witnessed that, that on a few mm-hmm. occasions, yeah. but not to the fullest extent that the doctor knows. Well, he probably knew about him through... Um, what's his name? The guy that was in the, the main character of Love and Monsters. Oh, be- oh, because he made the video? Yeah. Yeah, that that would make sense that he would have explained it. He knew of the the main two because he obviously saved her, sort of. <laughs> okay, all right, I can see the point. Okay. okay, so Davros really did touch on some really messed up buttons with the Doctor, implying that he creates like warriors and how many people have died in your name. 
was he really even wrong throughout all that? Because all of that was true. Like, and what do you make with that information? And what do we as fans make with that information going forward? Well, I think Davros did all the wrong things with that information. But it's still <laughs> valid information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul and I think we'd all agree on that. Well, he's trying to delete all of reality itself. Now, well, no, no, hang on. We're, we're, ta- we're talking about Daleks and himself, right? We're, we're, right. we're talking about the yeah. Doctor's morality, though. I, I thought, right? Yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the Doctor's morality, but that's what the Davros ultimately wanted to do. He wanted to show he, his ultimate goal was to show the Doctor where he stood and and where the Doctor was and put him in his place before he destroyed everything around the Doctor that and the Doctor could not possibly save it all. Yeah, I mean, I feel like specifically he wanted to prove that the Doctor was no better than he is. I mean, in That's some ways in some ways he yeah. got pretty close here. I mean, I know this, this Doctor may not be full Time Lord, but he's got plenty of Time Lord in him and more or less, you know, the Doctor's mind um, going through him. In a fetal and, way. And he committed Dalek genocide. And, you know, Doctors has been hesitant to do that, even though it has weight on their minds. But even you know, Donna, Doctor yeah, Donna, didn't. Is, is that more of a symptom of the doctor? Is this a is this a human symptom? Well, that's that's a great point because he did point out that that was the doctor before he became the doctor he is today, and clearly, you know, when the doctor had these companions, they were created into warriors. Does that because he's referred to the mankind as the warrior race? So he has these companions that he's air quote trained to think the way he does. How they, however, they turned out to be air quote warriors, and then now that the doctor is turned into like a pubescent version of himself and is also part human, then maybe there's just no hope for mankind. We're just always going to keep fighting. We also have to contend with the Metacrisis Doctor in all this. Any opinions on him? Well, I don't think we've addressed Jason's point yet. Yeah, no, you just kind of moved on. Like, what the hell? Um, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, but also, you you've got to figure, I mean, the whole thing with the Time War is the Doctor, you know killed everyone in it and stuff and like committed you know mass genocide of two species so you know i don't know i don't think it was really the human in the metacrisis doctor that that made him do it and if you look at like the episode turn left i think you know it goes into the whole like had donna not been there to stop the doctor while he was like freaking out the doctor would have died then and there so it's clear that the doctor even without his human side could really get himself into some icky stuff for sure it really highlights how important the companion is to the doctor yeah they're and literally every, a team yeah and, and we see the doctor losing his companion you know in this episode i think in, in one of the more heartbreaking ways that she can never remember the most valuable parts of her life that she valued and that the universe valued oh and upon then whatever she could ever know and then like you know, even during that time when she had her like you know, full Dr. Donna thing going, and she was like, oh, by the way, I'm the best temp in Chiswick. That was so great, because that was something she had already had and finally was able to recognize as something she could be proud about, and uh, she lost that, too. She lost everything, and that that really kind of weighs on How, is it known? I mean, I I don't typically know how companions go out, but has, like, brain, not brainwashing, but memory, racial, erase... You know what I'm trying to say. 
Because that happened, happened before. Once before, Jamie and Zoe, the Time Lords, delete everything that they did with the Doctor except their very first adventure. So they do know who the Doctor is, but they don't know the extent. Especially for Jamie, that's heartbreaking because Jamie was with the second Doctor from the second story all the way to the end. Yeah. yeah. Most episodes of and most stories mm-hmm. for any companion goes to Jamie. If Sarah Jane wasn't in all. this, Jamie would have been runner-up. Yeah, Jamie yeah. should easily could have been in this, and, yeah, and and would have been a great addition to the to the cast. But he, but then you'd kind of get into too much companions, and also like new who watches probably wouldn't care that much for classic. Sarah Jane is just someone we all have to know, right. yeah, iconic. And I and I realize that that's spoilers on Jamie and Zoe, so I apologize in advance. But I think that's kind of important because it brings up the idea that this. This has happened before, but not to the extent to Don that, that Donna goes through. And it was kind of cold because the doctor just kind of seemed almost emotionless towards the end of all that. But can you really blame him? And also, what about the fact that Rose just got a boyfriend out of all of this? Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, I thought that was a fun, heartwarming moment. How you can, you know, it's a... I thought that was kind of stupid, but okay. I, I think it's just kind of cool how Doctor Who can craft a moment that's legitimate in its universe where you can have your cake and you can eat it too the doctor's independent as a journey you know by himself but he also gets the happy ending you know with the girl that they've been batting around i mean when you're a time, time lord and you have all those memories and then you suddenly become mortal like that's kind of screwed up imagine what the doctor is going through like i'm gonna die and there's nothing i can do and that's why he needs rose yeah yeah because rose is like his like foundation that's what they've been building up with donna and martha especially with martha i'm surprised she didn't like hate rose after meeting her but yeah (laughs) the doc like rose has proven to be the most important companion to the doctrine and development i think it would be good to point out at this point that rose actually kisses the metacrisis doctor but as soon as that tardis is heard she turns around and she's obviously kind of distraught because she knows that she cannot go off in the TARDIS, which is exactly what she wanted to do. There's actually um, a, a, an alternate ending that they uh, that they filmed and they never, yeah. you know, put music to or anything Hell like that. More. It's um So the doctor, like right before they leave the beach there, um, he pulls out like this weird plant thing and is like, this is a TARDIS seed. I brought it from the inside of my TARDIS. If you plant it and you know what to do, <laughs> like you can grow what? a new TARDIS here. <laughs> I mean, we know the TARDISes are grown, but that just seems a little. Healthy. Well, that's why they didn't it does. Plant it. But for whatever reason, like I might have must have heard that before, or maybe you, you shared, shared it with me. Because, like, I was fully expecting to come back to this episode and somehow see another TARDIS and maybe traveling around in the other, you know, dimension. Well, in this universe, the Doctor doesn't exist at all, correct? Well, as far as we, as know. Far as we know. So now there is a Doctor that exists. So him getting his own TARDIS and at least doing, like, a half-assed job of the Doctor in this universe, I feel like that would have been a nice send away. He may also know how to grow a TARDIS because he's got all the memories and all the uh, all the thoughts of the. What if he spends the rest of his existence just being bummed that he's going to die and just doesn't do anything but be his boy or her boyfriend? I mean, I, honestly, I feel like the Doctor could probably find ways to extend his life more or less indefinitely. Still, if he wanted to, I mean, we we see Cassandra just as an, a rudimentary example that doesn't have the Doctor's knowledge. Lazarus, what if? Yeah. 
the doctor just needs moisturization to <laughs> no like because keep in mind like let's say that in this parallel universe a doctor figures out a way to survive like you said and manages to build his TARDIS as you said and figures out how to like regenerate and do all this kinds of stuff what if that's the universe that what's that doctor's name the black doctor what if that's the universe Ruth? in which she came from yes Ruth doctor that Ruth. that'd be so crazy Come on, writers. I'm, sh- I'm sure that would be an, uh, a kind of a given uh Because where else would she come end? from? And she only showed up for a brief moment, and that's what people from parallel universes show up just in brief moments. There are two other theories. It's One, a phenomenal idea. Isn't it? There are two other theories about Ruth Doctor. One, that she is pre-Hartnell, and she actually did come before the Doctor even started being the Doctor. Of course. But then, then she calls herself the Doctor, so that kind of really doesn't make sense. And also the tar- the TARDIS being stuck in that phone booth form? Yeah. Yeah, that it. also doesn't make right. sense. Unless there was... Because he regenerated the first Doctor, he had no memory of that part. That could be, be the only explanation. Who knows could have happened? There's also a fan theory that the second Doctor went on to do a whole lot of stuff for the Time Lords because after, just before he regenerates and there is some evidence to that because in the five Doctors and the two Doctors, the second Doctor returns because the Time Lords actually create a scenario where he can return. And so it's thought that there's this mystical 6B season that should have existed where the second doctor goes off and actually becomes part of the 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 CIA for the time lords and he actually does the time lords bidding for them by going off to these other worlds and and writing wrongs and doing things for that the time lords tell him to do and that he regen he possibly could have regenerated into Ruth before regenerating into the third doctor now that is just a rumor it's just a thought it's a it's a very good thought but it also kind of doesn't work with the whole timeline with regards to this i like my theory i think it's the best yeah i like your theory too i I think that the original thing they were going for was the the pre-william hartnell but i think jason's theory makes a lot more sense chris chibnall if you're listening please and give me some credit my name is jace hello of course chris is listening he's a common viewer i think (laughs) we have him on speed dial the problem, okay, the problem that down. we face is that Chris Chibnall has already said on record that this is not an alternative reality. Well, yeah. then he could have just he, been he known as a liar. Well, this is true. he could be like, "Oh yeah, it was just mis- it was misdirection or whatever." You know, he writes sci-fi, but it could be, but it could also be true because she's part of the reality that we are in. So I mean, it makes sense that just because she's. She's from an alternative universe. Doesn't necessarily mean that she. What if they trade off? Jody dies. She takes her place. It's hard to say. <laughs> Nintendo's official answer, you know, to the question of does Mario have a last name, used to be no. Mario does not have a last name. But now it's canonically confirmed that Mario's name is Mario Mario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So things can change. You know, yeah. you just need another perspective. The stroke of the pen, um, and canon becomes. Non-canon. Yeah, he hasn't been having a good versa. time with his run of taking over Doctor Who. Maybe he just needs to listen to the fans a little bit. And Which he's, he's done a little bit of. I mean, I do have to say the Gross. the last, last, you know, New Year's thing, I thought it was really good. Or Christmas or whatever. The winter one. 
Gotcha. And we did already podcasts on that, so if you want to listen, go yeah, for it. Check it out. Yeah. But anyways, back to this one, because a lot goes on in there. We, As we've touched on, we have a lot of great Donna character development here. We also have the concept of, you know, the Doctor re- turn, putting his regeneration energy into this hand that got severed previously, and then Donna touching it, and it just, like, jolting into both of them getting becoming part Doctor, basically. And um, then, like... You know, she needs to get shocked, electric shocked again, and then it's suddenly like, boom, Dr. Donna. Like, what do we think about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not just that Time Lords can apparently reproduce via mitosis, <laughs> but also that, you know, this energy can be transferred into other beings and have repercussions, you know, in, in both directions. There is some criticism on this. Is that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And that's pretty fair. <laughs> that's pretty fair, honestly. <laughs> but, um, I mean, for this story, I mean, it was kind of a small part to the whole episode. I don't think it really mattered. I think the idea of creating the Metacrisis Doctor was kind of more important than the idea of the of the Doctor Donna. Oh, Even I'm so Donna. glad that they did it, though. Oh, my I know, goodness. I How know. wonderful. Oh, like gave Donna the most like, shining moment uh, in in all of history, and one of the most all, all of history's histories ones. across universes oh. and dimensions. Oh yes. my God! And it just made That's her whole leaving just, just heartbreaking because, like, we watch her this whole season, and she's so awesome, and she's so consistently insecure, and she finally comes out and is, like, confident and even more, you know, awesome, and is just like, I'm gonna go on with my plan of traveling forever and doing this, and you're just like, yes, please do, because you're the greatest, and then they take it all away, and it's just devastating. Yeah, but is that true? Can we revisit this for a second? Is Donna Noble the greatest? Or is the real hero of this story Dalek Khan? I swear to God. That's yeah, that's, that's a good point. Dalek Khan's manipulating the strings around Donna in time to make this happen. He's yeah. the one bringing the Daleks together to now, ultimately sow their demise. So although should... here's what I don't get, though, because he said that this always would have happened, but I just helped. Why would you need help if it was always going to happen? <laughs> well, it's he... a fun thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it just was that The dude's helped. crazy. He maybe just helped like certain aspects of it, just pushed them forward as opposed to him actually being able to influence the actual outcome. In other words, he helped speed it up. Oh, okay. I think that's what he was going yeah, to say, too. Yeah, he helped speed it up, and he probably orchestrated, you know, some particulars of how it would form, you know, with everybody in the room. I mean, even Martha comes in at the very end, you know, after being in Germany. You've got on Martha, Earth. Captain yeah. Jack, you've got Rose, Tyler, you've got um, Donna Noble, yeah. you've got Mickey, you've got Jackie. And same guy behind the scenes. Two different, doctors, two different doctors and all in the same room. And, and, and part of a doctor in, in Donna. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just so glad that they resolved that whole hand situation because that they've just been alluding to like what that was going to be for the longest time to where it got annoying. It did get annoying, but I do have to say, I think it really helped that they, I mean, they could have gone lighter on it, yes. but they it helped that they had so much foreshadowing or that they had foreshadowing for it because I think that that made the whole concept easier to swallow to be like, this was a plan all along. This wasn't just something we threw in there. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it all started in Torchwood, because Torchwood was introduced Captain Jack well, holding onto the hand. I mean... Well, we had the hand come yeah. off, but in Torchwood, Captain Jack rescues the hand and puts yeah. it in this container that it's been in all throughout Doctor Who, so that was kind of a that was kind of fascinating, so it was kind of multi-show 
oriented plan, which I thought, of course, you did have Torchwood involved in this. You had uh, Gwen Jones, is it Gwen Jones? No, Gwen Cooper. And, yeah, yes. And Yanto Jones. Uh, so that was kind of... Yes, yeah, so speaking of which, um, they, like, pointed out because it was the same actresses who, like, was with the Gelf back in, you know... Yes. Back in The Unquiet Dead. Yes. She makes that appearance, and and so the doctor's like, hey, are you... Where are you from? Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I have some ignorance of the Torchwood world, but that, that was a, potentially another major cliffhanger, too, that we were left in. Last episode, you know, we were about to see Cap Jack got away, but the other two members of Torchwood um, were down there, you know, in, in home base, just about to be obliterated by Daleks with, you know, a, a mere bullet defense that we know does, does not quite go well against Daleks. But there's this time field, and and they, you know, they come out unscathed, ultimately. Thankfully, yes. Gwen and Yonto at least survived that episode. <laughs> and then, um... You were telling me earlier, Michael, about how a lot of people don't really like the resolution in this one. Oh, yes. Uh, one of the major criticisms of Journey's End, um, and why a lot of more, uh, like, real... People don't like Journey's to End. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just that because it's basically flicking switches, Donna comes out and is able to just press some buttons and just make all the Daleks do things. That's... A little far-fetched if the Daleks are supposed to be so great um, that it, it kind of takes away from the Dalek Empire to the point where, okay, she's flicking switches on the, 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 con- the controls that are keeping the planets aligned. What does that have to do with the Daleks spinning around and, and doing things that they're not used to doing? That was kind of a, a, a weird thing that happened. A lot of people are like, hey, wait a minute. Hold up a yeah. sec. Well, maybe if those people were part-time lord, they would have understood the genius of it. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they couldn't piece it together. I agree. But I I somewhat agree with that, is that one thing that Russell T. Davies and a lot of other Doctor Who writers have gotten into the habit of doing, and this goes along with all sci-fi writers, is that when you get this gigantic plot that you've got, you're, it's unraveling, you're trying to keep all the loose ends taken care of the one thing is the result that usually goes a little bit askew is the resolution and sometimes it's way too simple of a resolution for it to to really make sense or for it to actually feel like it it was that satisfying and i think in this case regardless of the emotional content of this episode which is obviously extreme the the plot that you have here is very simplistic. It's basically Donna comes in, saves the day by pushing some buttons, and with the medic, with the help of the Metacrisis Doctor, obviously, and that's it. Well, okay, so I felt I, I agree that like the way that she did it, the fact that she was using those particular controls and that it was controlling all the Daleks didn't quite make sense. But as far as the resolution being simple, I was actually okay with that for this episode because I feel like you can really get away with, like, one grand finale where you do something like that. And I think this was the right one to choose because there was a lot happening in this episode, a lot of really phenomenal stuff. And, um, you know, and it was kind of you know, awesome, and it was a little bit like the thing that Doctor Who does every once in a while, where it's just like, yay, humanity! (laughs) Where it's like, look how much more awesome the Doctor could be if he was a little bit human. 
Indeed, and there are a lot of humans that do a lot of things, you know? You, you need a, you know, a Captain Jack to pull the trigger sometimes, or else, you or know, feasibly, die. we don't get to these solutions. <laughs> you heard that, Shelby? <laughs> or to die. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's important, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jace, did you have any qualms about this episode? Um, like, qualming issues? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not on this ep- episode particularly, but everything kind of leading up to this episode, I just, I don't know. It would have been nice for, because, like, this episode is basically just, like, a final reunion of all the companions. I would have liked if it was less spread out as it was and just kind of happened all at once, I guess, because it wasn't as big of a thing seeing everyone in the TARDIS, because, like, you know, Rose has existed within the last few episodes, so did Martha, Captain Jack was peeking, like, they were all there all the time, so it kind of just made it less impactful, in my opinion, but regardless, I still think it was pretty awesome, like, when's the next time you're gonna see that many companions, new and old, in a TARDIS, like, I don't really see that happening again, and with New Who, you know, we already got, like, you know, three companions in there, but they're all from the same era, this one's split up between you know, old era, new era, parallel universe over here, blah, blah, blah. Spin-off so. series. <laughs> well, I think this is Russell T. Davies kind of bringing his era to a, somewhat of a close. Because a journey's he, end, if you be, will. Be, I swear. <laughs> well, because he takes everybody from, the, from Rose all the way to journey's end and puts them into this episode. And I think that's why it... It, ha- it was very impactful. I mean, that had never been done in Doctor Who history before. That's what I'm saying. I think that's cool. However, I think it was just too sp- spaced out. I would have liked it. Boom, in your face. All of the companions are there. It would have been a lot more striking and cool. I think but the- at the same time, if you did that, the previous episodes wouldn't have existed. True. So- you wouldn't have had the build-up, which I think, if you think about it, you're watching it from week to week which we've done yeah and that allows you to kind of build up onto the excitement and build up the excuse me the uh initial epicness of this episode yeah no i get it um other issues i had i didn't have very many issues like i said it was more just like a really emotional roller coaster i did like that one like route rogue Dalek and how it was his kind of plan to just screw over his own race of people because he saw what they were capable of. One of his own kind was just like, no, we are bad. Please, like, destroy us, essentially. Yeah, we really haven't touched on Davros and the Daleks. Oh my god. You're the Daleks' pet! (laughs) I mean, he was kind of whipped. Yeah, oh my god. He he ain't wrong. He so was, and it's just... That harkens back to the classic. Yeah, I, I mean, though. I think that's harsh, though, to be honest. Like, I, I would, like, uh, elevate, you know, Davros to mascot. <laughs> oh, my God. Never disappoint me, Paul. <laughs> and then his interaction with Sarah Jane was good, where he just points out, like, you were there, Genesis of the Daleks, when I was first creating them. And that, I think, is what really ties the, the whole universe of this Doctor Who mm-hmm. to the, cl- the classic. Especially Genesis, the Daleks, being that it's usually in the top two episodes or stories of all time. I kind of hope this influenced some fans to go back and revisit some of the classic Who era. It's kind of be like it inspired me to go back and, and watch more Sarah Jane. Well, then there you go. Yeah, yeah. It makes me want to get, jump into the Adventures of K Nine originally. Well, we can do that. K-9 we can start with K Nine if you want. 
<laughs> canine to five. I'm working like a dog. <laughs> canine to five. I hate you, Colin. <laughs> Actually, I think we've already canine podcasted on The Invisible Enemy, which is canine's first story. I think we have, too. Yeah, I think you were with us. Um, any rate, I think it's time to rate this episode. Any rate. <laughs> well, let me put on my ratings cap here, folks. <laughs> and, uh, and By the way, we're all on. wearing hats today. And Colin just switched his hat out. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> all right, well, time to rate. And my goodness, this is a fantastic rating occasion and an honor to lead us in the pack. This is... By, I think, many objective and non-objective standards, this is an epic episode. We have just a grand scale, um, first and foremost. You know, not only do we have these several episodes, and you could think about, you know, episodes going back decades into the past, potentially, you know, leading up to this episode and what it, what it creates here. Um, but you have so many characters ripped into the mask. Um, just, just in this one, like, and additional, you, you thought after the last episode you couldn't introduce more, um, than everything you had going on, but still you have Mickey, you have Jackie Tyler, and you have, um, the Mac Daddy himself, K-9. <laughs> this is a beautiful episode, and it's, it's raw in terms of emotion, um, and it, it creates a, a grand moment and a really turn, a big turning point in this story. Um, there's a lot of darkness here too, you know, within the light and the happy stories of, of the doctor and Rose, at least in some form, you know, going off and having their happy ending. You have Donna, um, really coming out of the story in an awful, you know, involuntary way with all of her memories depleted, even though she did a, an awesome thing for the universe. And you do have Dalek genocide and, you know, as a viewer, it, it's hard to not cheer it on. <laughs> As it comes to. Um, so I, I think it does make you, you know, wrestle with some big questions. I, I love what happens uh, with the Dr. Donna, you know, before the sor- sorrow. It's a wonderful, witty, happy, fun moment of epic proportions that I think really sets the tone for, you know, not just this episode, but this season. And it's a fantastic way to cap it off. Um, if you haven't guessed, I'm going full 10 out of 10. You earned it, baby. I'm going to go next. Go for it. Let me put on the rating cap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A um, couple things that I forgot to mention earlier in this. First of all, when the doctor tells off Donna's mom, Sylvia, and is because she's all like, oh, my daughter already is the most important woman in the university. He's like, well, maybe you should tell her that once in a while. I was like, yes. He really called her out. Uh-huh. I mean, and she knew to be called out man she she was out of control and like so I thought that was a great moment and then I thought there was a really terrible moment in it when like so you've got Martha who comes on the screen and she threatens she's like what if I we can take out the earth so you can't use it anymore you know how about that I'm holding you guys ransom and that's great and then Jack comes in and is like I can blow up this ship that all the Daleks are on and then Martha's still sitting there like she's got like a reasonable bargaining chip. Like, oh, it's the Earth of the Crucible. It's like, why are you even talking anymore? Obviously, you should just blow up the Dalek ship if we're going to do one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but at the beginning, she didn't know that, so... Well, yeah, at the beginning, yeah, it was fine. But it was, like, after Jack came in, she kept going. I mean, it's I double like, jeopardy, even if you snipe, you know, the Jack situation and you have this other thing on Earth that you need yeah. to do that. That's true. It's true. But, um... <laughs> More warriors. 
Anyhow, I I really um, love this episode. I thought, oh, man, like the segment where where the doctor erases Donna's memory and like that whole scene. Oh, that one's just like heart-wrenching. One of the most beautiful scenes, I think, in Doctor Who. And I thought this whole episode was very exciting and interesting. And yeah, as everyone's alluded to, a lot of emotional highs and lows. And um, even though there was, you know, like a little bit of stuff, like thing that didn't quite make sense in it, it was, uh, all in all, I'm going to characterize it as negligible and give this one a 10 out of 10. And also, I know we didn't talk about doing this beforehand, but um, I'm going to go ahead and rate this two-parter as also a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as my rating goes... I think I've already set up... Oh, my hat! Okay, on top of my tiara, I'm going to get another hat. The rating hat. The rating hat and tiara mixed. Jace combo. Um, buy it at Burger King. Um, I think I said my piece with this episode. I thought it was good. It took me on a lot of highs and lows, which is hard for me to deal with, but that's more of a personal problem. I'm just going to give it a 10. Wow. That was a very fast rating. <laughs> well, I already said what I needed to, so I was Said like, what well, you need to say. Yeah. Efficiency. It's true. Oh, here's your hat. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> um. You yes. look the most like Peter Pan. You do. <laughs> you do. Our rating hat is a Peter Pan-like green cap. <laughs> I should have. With a red feather. Which yeah, with a red feather. we might end up using from now on. <laughs> Well, maybe we should. Um, I Murray Gold. I have to put in the music here. Bring it up for Murray! Yeah, 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 yeah. This this soundtrack is probably the best of Sound all of the episodes of all Doctor Who ever. I've never experienced a, a, a musical journey quite like this one in Doctor Who lore. Um, I think the TARDIS dragging Earth home and the sheer joy coming out of Wilfred Mott and and Sylvia and all the people on board the TARDIS and everybody around the world I think that sums up this episode this was a character piece but it was also an emotional piece and the whole point of this was not the actual plot but it was how does it make you feel and for that this gets a 20 out of 10 for that. Just about, obviously. Your reaction, no Shelby. <laughs> you look charge. complete and utterly disgusted. I'm, ta- I'm not saying that that's my rating. I'm just saying that's, that's the emotional <laughs> side of this gets a 20 out of 10. But that's his rating for it. My actual rating, obviously, I'm sure you can guess, is Three. a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, it's impossible to not enjoy this episode. And that's why I think a lot of people love it. A lot of a lot of fans do criticize it, and I do agree and understand why those criticisms criticisms are there, but they're not big enough to take away from the emotional impact. I was literally in tears watching this episode. I cried. I, oh man, when Wilf is like saying goodbye to the doctor, and he's like, "Oh, look up at the sky and think of you." It's like, oh. And the I doctor mean, just didn't care. He's yeah. like, thanks, bye. When I no, heard, the doctor really cared. And when I mean, I that's first, how I registered it. I don't know. When I first saw this, 
I also realized that I was really excited when the TARDIS was bringing Earth home. That made the chills just well up inside me to the point where I was like, okay, this is really awesome. But then to bring it right back down to Earth, <laughs> no pun intended, um, yeah. with Donna is just like, wow. That pump was totally intended. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Michael, you're a dork. <laughs> any rate, yes. By all means, I don't know how you could rate this uh, any other way, personally. <laughs> and if you do, then you're an idiot. <laughs> As an epilogue to piggyback on, you know, your around the world comment, I, I thought that was really emotional, inspiring too. Just to like see the whole world overcome something together. Setting off their prepared around the shows. world. It's like an indi- it's like their own Independence Day for the entire world. It makes you wish that we could be taken over by the Daleks so that Not we could really. be brought together. <laughs> Like a pandemic. By their, <laughs> like a pandemic. <laughs> well, we don't want the... Well, yeah, at least 500,000 died but for this one. There's I, a lot of connectedness from it, too. A lot of shared experience. I feel like I'm the only one that has kept their hat on since I walked through the door of this house. I've changed yeah, my hat, but I've, I've always had, had a hat on. consistently been hatting. Yeah, been but you guys are all wearing different hats from when we first started. I feel like a hat. I'm no, no, back to my original. <laughs> any rate, enough hat talk. Thank you for listening to the Hoovian Review this episode. We look forward to seeing you for our 200th episode, which is coming up next week. Whoa! <laughs> yes, exciting. And um, and let us know if you want us to start, you know, posting video feeds and you can see all of our fancy hats. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you don't leave us any comments, then we'll never do it. <laughs> any rate, right. have a great night, y'all. Bye. 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 Ciao. What?